Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I want to start off with a, with a little uh, story. There was this lady walking in the, she was at a mall and she was strolling through the mall and, and there's a pet store and she walks into the pet store and there's a beautiful parrot in a cage and it's beautiful and it's a big parrot and it's, the body is, the feathers are bright green, the head is red with yellow and they're called guacamayas and the most beautiful parrots and they come from Mexico. And, uh, <laughs> and, the lady walks in, and they're so smart, these parrots, that they, they learn how to talk. And the lady comes in and says, uh, the, the lady comes in, and the parrot says, hey, lady, you're the most, uh, you're the ugliest lady that's ever stepped into the store. And she, go, and she turns around and says, who said that? I did. Say it again. And she says, you're the ugliest lady that's ever set foot in the store. Oh, oh, I'm going to go talk to the manager. If you say it one more time, I'm going to go talk to the manager. And sure enough, lady... You're the ugliest lady that said food in the store. So she goes and talks to the manager. The manager gets the parrot and says, did you do that? And yes, and you're punished. So she takes the parrot and puts him in the refrigerator for 20 minutes. Gets him back. That's what they do in Mexico, by the way. You do water torture here in Mexico. We put people in. But I'm so, so bad. I don't know why I went there again. But they take the parrot out. And, they, and he goes back in the stand, and the lady was still in the store, and she's walking out. And the, the manager told him, you promise you will never repeat those words again. I promise. And the lady's walking out, and, and the parrot looks at the lady, and, and he sa- the parrot says, hey, lady, you know. Okay? So tonight, we're all going to know. Tonight, we're going to learn something, and we can't say for the rest of our lives, we cannot say that we don't know it, right? Tonight, we wanna, what we want is to really grow in our intimacy with Christ. And we're going we're gonna to say tonight, it's going to shift in our lives, right? Mm. So, so you guys, you know, so I've, that word is going to stay. No, but sometimes when, when we read the Bible, uh, we read about characters and, and people in the Bible that, that sometimes we think these people are amazing. They're, they're like God's elite. They're God, you know, they're, they're, I can relate to them. And, but when we read the Bible and we read the story of the Bible and you, and you do a, a deep study in the Bible, you notice that they're regular people like you and I. They're not, they're not different than you and I. Uh, and sometimes we read the Bible and we look at those people and what they accomplish and we disqualify ourselves. Says, ah, I, can't, I, don't, I can't meet those standards. I, I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm working, God is working in my life. I cannot relate to that. But when God scans the world, when God scans the world to, for people he can use, he's not looking for perfection, right? I told you that, uh, you know, we've been married for 38, 36 years. And, uh, and if you think you're going to marry the perfect person, you're absolutely, God is at work in each one of us. I, sometimes I hear people say, oh, he's my perfect soulmate. Absolutely not. He's not perfect. You, you already, boom, your expectations are down, you know, it's canceled. But we've been married 36 years, like I said, and, and God is still working on us. God, I'm, I'm not perfect, and God is working. The, you know, the work that he started me, he will be faithful to complete. My wife is not perfect, and she, and, and she doesn't drive perfect. 
Uh, like you guys know, God is still working on her skills. And the, the other day, before I get started, the speed limit on the Coronado Bridge is 50 miles per hour. And she was going 86 miles per hour. And the cars around us probably thought that, you know, they were calling 911. Hey, there's a lady there that wants to drive her car off the bridge, but it's the total opposite. The happier she is, the you know, the, she's the, she doesn't care about the speed limit or any. The happier she is, she could care less. She's just going with the flow. And, uh, and that's what the Lord is working on my wife. No. But, you know, the, the, Lord, the Lord is looking for people to accomplish the assignments that he has for all one of us. And none of us are perfect. So, so we can't uh, disqualify, disqualify ourselves. Like I said, if you read the Bible, you see personalities that, that went through different ups and downs. And just like us, they were regular people just like us. But there was something that they had in common. It was a heart after God. And, and, and it was, a, you know, when you read about David, he was a man after God's own heart. I mean, David was not the only one. There's a lot of them, a lot of them characters in the Bible. There's a lot of people here that are men and women of, of God after God's own heart. And what does it mean to, to be a person of, after God's own heart? It means that your life is in harmony with the Lord, that your life is in the flow. And that's the title of my message, In the Flow. And right now, when, when uh, Vanessa shared her communion message, three times she mentioned In the Flow, right? And... Uh, and that's what it means. It means that uh, you're being led by the Lord, that, that you're in harmony and that you're flowing with the Lord. And, and what's important to him, it's important to you. And what burdens him is what burdens you. Some, see, God called us to, to, to grow in stature, right? And sometimes we can see things that are happening and, and we can't turn away. I'm sorry. We're going to have to speak on it. We're going to have to do something about it. And that's what God is calling you to do. Those are the people that have a, God, a heart after God's so, uh, on heart. And uh, when he says, go to the right, you go to the right. When he says, stop that in your life, you stop. You stop. You say, Lord, I messed up. I stop. But you, there's a communication. When he says, this is wrong and I want you to change, you come, you face the Lord, you change, you go to the opposite direction and, and you deal with it. You come to terms with it uh, because you have a heart for God. When, when you're a, a man of God or a woman of God, you're, you're spiritual. You're spiritual and you deeply care about the things of God. And uh, in Second Chronicles, it says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth to and fro in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And that's the key. In order, in order to be a vessel for God, your heart has to be fully committed to him. The, the meaning of committed is dedicated and loyal. Right? And our hearts have to be dedicated and loyal. We have to be fully committed. We have to be completely his all in. You see, he paid the price for us, and now he says now we're his slaves. We get to come under the lordship of Christ, right? And, but the, the beautiful thing is that God loves us. And God is not going to take us on a path to, to destruct us, to, for destruction. God's going to guide us to elevate our life. And to be able to be used by him and to be able to bear fruit. And when you're in the flow, there's things that, there's no better place that you can be. There's no better celebrations that you can have. When you see a person, when you go and see somebody and, and you do something for someone and, and it was just what they needed in, in their lives. Or when you give a word or when you pray for someone and you prayed exactly what they needed for life. It's being in the flow and that's what God wants. He wants us uh, 
to be fully committed to him. He wants us not to have closed doors, that we don't sweep anything under the rug, that all our life is open to his heart. Our hearts is open to his, that he can see, we give him permission to look at every single room in our house, right? And we admit our sins. If we're wrong, we admit our sins. We, we repent. And our, our greatest desire, the greatest desire for a person, a man or a woman after God's own heart, is to please him. And in one of my prayers that I pray often, it says, Lord, I want to be in right standing with you today. Show me how to live and be in right standing in my life. And, uh, and that's, what we, that's the relationship that we get to build. That's when, we, when we're understanding what God wants in our life and what it is to, to seek the Lord and seek his heart. Is, uh, you see those things happening in your life. You see, you see transformation happening in your life. And then you can care deeply about, you care deeply about the motivations behind your actions. You know, why are you doing what you're doing? You see, to be a man of God is because you want to please God and nobody else. And that's it. Why are you doing what you're doing? Where's your heart? Do you want to be elevated? Do you, wanna, do you want people to praise you? Or do you wanna, no. You know, it's, it's for just to see what the Lord, we want to do it for the Lord and to please the Lord only and that's it. And what I love about the Bible is that we live in, in crazy times like you guys are seeing right now. And, but there have been crazy times, if you look in history, all the time. And there were times of, of spiritual revival. There were times of apathy and, 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 and people that disobeyed God. But there's always has been a remnant. And God always moved with the remnant. Uh, God always heard the cry of the remnant. God always brought restoration to the, to the nations with the remnant. And that's what, we, that's what we are called to be right now, right? So there's a story I was reading in, in, in Ezra and Nehemiah. And let me give you a little background because, I, 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 you know, there was many characters I could have picked. I'm going to talk a little bit about Nehemiah. But this story, there's three things that are very important. Uh, the children of Israel had disobeyed God. They had idolatry, the idolatry and disobedience is what led them to, to, to the exile. The Babylonians came and, and, and destroyed the temple, destroyed Jerusalem, and they had to serve heathen gods, right? And, uh, and there's a time when, when these people, the remnant, were praying and, and God started to hear their prayer. And then he moves in the heart of, of, of a king and, and sends the first wave. The first wave in these books in Ezra and Nehemiah is Zerubbabel. The, the temple had been destroyed, Jerusalem had been destroyed, and Zerubbabel, after 70 years, goes back with a group of people and they rebuild the temple. And then, uh, you know, the temple, they desired the presence of God. The temple uh, was what God's presence would manifest, and they, and they hadn't had it because they had been disobedient and been in exile. Now, they, when, when the Lord touches you, want all in again, right? And that's what they wanted. And then Ezra, Ezra was part of the remnant. When they built a temple, he went back with another group years later. And he goes back with another group to teach the word of God. To teach the word of God so that they would maintain themselves in obedience and that they can rebuild the nation. They will be even God was going to restore again the nation of Israel. And then, thirdly, Nehemiah, years later, Nehemiah was the cupbearer of the king. And to be a cupbearer, he, he had a high position. He had to be presentable, he had to be smart, and he had to be trusted. In fact, the cupbearer spent more time with the king than the king's wife. He was there with him all the time. And, uh, and Nehemiah was one of them. 
And uh, when they had built the temple and Ezra had gone back, uh, Nehemiah had never been to, to Israel, to, to Jerusalem. And, but somebody comes and gives him a message. He says, they built a temple and they build, uh, and, and they're teaching the word back, but the walls are broken. The rubble, the walls, and they burned the entrances to, to the gates. And, uh, and Nehemiah was, in, was a man after God, and, and he, uh, he was in the flow, and he repents. He, he prays to God. He cries because of the news that he heard, and he repents. And, uh, and for, he goes to pray for four months. When he got the news and he prayed for four months. And I love that about him because sometimes, you know, we, we get, life happens to us, right? And, and Nehemiah prayed for four months. He fasted and then waited on God for the download for the plan of what he wanted to do. And after the four months, you know, he gives him a plan. Uh, he goes uh, with, to the king and tells the king. And, and it was very interesting because he, Nehemiah was in the flow, Right. And uh, when, when he goes, after the four months, he was going to go ask the king to leave. But he could be killed for that because he's, he's serving the king. But God had told him to go. And he goes to, in his presence. And in his presence, his countenance was down, downcast. And normally, he was always upbeat. You know? and, and this time, he was downcast. And the king asked him, hey, what's wrong with you? Well, this has happened to, to my people. And, and this happened in Jerusalem. You know, the... the uh, the walls are broken, and I, and I, I want to go help him out. And, and when, when, first, when the king saw him, he asked him, what do you want to do? And it says in the Bible that he prayed a quick prayer. It was just an emergency prayer. But that's what I love about being in the flow. Because when you're in the flow, you don't have to go and lock yourself in a closet for half an hour and then come out. No, you're in the flow, and God answers your quick prayer. God directs your prayers. And he was in the flow. So Nehemiah, the king, allows him to go. He makes him, not only allows him to go, he makes him governor. He, he sends him with material to build the, the, the walls and everything. And, and he goes back and, and, uh, and builds the wall. But there, and, and, and 52 days, he builds the wall. He gets a group of people and, and they build a wall. And these are the things that I picked up from these people that, that you know, live their lives in the flow. First, the temple. Their, my first point is the temple. They practice his presence. And uh, to practice your presence, and, and maybe there's some of you that just, uh, you know, came to Christ a few months ago and don't know much. You're learning about, about you know, commun communion with Christ and all that. But um, to practice his presence is, is a, it's a necessary thing in our walk in Christ. If we don't practice his presence... We're going to be ineffective. And what is it to practice his presence? One of the things it is, is that you get along with God yes. wherever you like, doing however you want it. I, my, I'll give you an example of what I do. I put worship music, and I just sit in the presence of God, and sometimes I'll, I'll pray, sometimes he speaks to me, some, but we're in this, in this, in this intimacy, in this, standing in his presence where so many things happen. The Bible says that, that uh, it says that we are, the, uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, don't you know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? So in the Old Testament, the story I shared, they could only experience the presence of God in the temple, but we are the, what we just read, we can experience them anywhere, right? Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we need to have a discipline and understand that we have access to God 24-7, but there is 
a marker. There is, there is definitely a discipline uh, about the people that God used mightily. And one of them is they, they had to they were seek and desire the presence of God. One of the things that, that, um, that I do in, in the presence of God, and, and, and I'm going to read a scripture, Psalm 46.10. It says, be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You see, you be still. And, and the reason I'm, I'm being very practical is because, because I believe that we're in a, and we have been in some messages about going back to basics. And I want, not, I want you guys not to miss it. You know, enter, find your spot. You know, I like worship music. Pastor Mike, he likes that white noise, is it called? I mean, come on. White noise. You know what white noise is? Remember the old TVs that when there was no signal? Shh. That's how he worships. It's okay. We're not going to judge him. Right? He's in the flow there. But it could be your car. It could be the beach. It could be a walk. It could be a hike. But that you enter into his presence and you experience something that you know that you are connecting with him. Because there's, you can be in prayer and, Lord, bless this day and make it wonderful. Uh, tame my wife and do this and that. And <laughs> but you, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can pray whatever you want. But to enter in the presence of God, uh, it's, it's something special and something that, that we, need, we need to understand and that we need to practice. The most beautiful thing that we can do in our lives is to practice his presence. I, was, um, I had been in prayer and I was driving to work uh, and I was thinking about, you know, this opportunity and it was a great opportunity and thinking that this thing happens and all that. And, and I was kind of blown away by the people that I was, that I had been in that meeting and, and I'm driving in my car and just seeing what the Lord, you know, is going to do. And, and I was, you know, being creative with my ideas and thinking of, if, you know, all the things that I wanted to do. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just in a quiet voice said, said Rudy, don't be impressed with men. Be impressed with me. And it blew me away because I said, you know what? You're right, Lord. I'm sorry. My 100% of my dependence is in you. You move the earth. You move everything. You work behind the scenes. I will never be impressed by another person ever in my life. Mm. Then the Bible says that he is a consuming fire. In Hebrews 12, 29, says, for our God is a consuming fire. In the presence of God, when I experience the presence of God, sometimes I'm standing there and the Lord shows me my, my sin. And the Lord shows me my impurities. And I'm there in the presence of God and I just feel this cleansing. This cleansing that's, that's, that's happening in my life. And, and it feels so good to know that even though I am still a, a worker, a process, my, my, my spiritual life is in a process, that to know that God loves me and God consumes those things in my life. And, uh, and the other day I was in, in, in my prayer time and, and I was seeing how great, how wonderful our Father is and how much He loves us. And as I saw how, how holy He is, how majestic He is, like he, I was just in awe in that moment. I was in awe of the greatness, the goodness of God. But at the same time, I was seeing my sin and how I felt, you know, the things that, that held me back, the things that I needed to correct. But then in the middle of my prayer, and when I was seeing the Holy God and I was seeing myself, I see Jesus bridging the gap. And that's what Jesus did. So we can experience, we can enter 
the presence of God. We, God wants to speak to us. God wants to lead us. One, God wants our heart. One, God wants us to be all in. It says, now, in 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, the presence of God, there is freedom. And many times, God spoken me, spoken to my life and in the presence of God to change something, to pivot on something, to leave something behind, to correct. And I experienced freedom in many ways in the presence of God. And then in uh, Exodus 33, 14, it says, The Lord replied, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And in his presence, I can experience rest. I mean, there's, there's, uh, tell me about a time that we need peace and we need rest. I mean, nothing gives it to you better than being in the presence of God. There's so many people living in fear right now. There's so many people that you turn on the TV, social media, and it's all negativity, negativity. In fact, Marco and I have a friend that built, bought this ranch in, in Utah and built uh, a warehouse and a bunker and, and a greenhouse and it's got huge old uh, propane tanks to last for months and, and he's living in fear. And I want to tell you something about the times that we're living. We don't have to live in fear. God is in control. God is in control. We don't have to live in fear. And he, you know, when you know that God can go like this and change anything in the world, that China is going to throw nuclear bombs to the U.S., God can do this and stop China right in its track. The important thing is, are we in him? Are we in his presence? Are we hearing from him? Is he leading our heart? Are we experiencing his peace, his, his total peace? And point number two, I'm going to go to, okay. This, I lost my, oh, here it is. Point number two is the word. So what does it look like to be in the flow? In the flow? It's experiencing the presence of God and reading the word. They wanted the presence of God. They built the temple. Ezra came and, and taught the word of God. And the word of God uh, changes, transforms. It, 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 it speaks to us. It's a roadmap. It's a blueprint. Sometimes I hear people praying, Lord, increase my faith. And I want to pray for them and says, Lord, increase their reading. <laughs> because, because to be in the flow, to get, if you want to grow in faith, you have to read the word. You, we have to be the flow. We have to be intentional about being in the word. It doesn't work any other way. You can't drive a car without gas, right? And, uh, and like I shared once, once before, you can live in two meals a week, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it'll be... I'll be skinny and Oscar wouldn't make fun of me anymore. <laughs> so the word of God is the source of truth. In, in, uh, and I didn't give him the scriptures because I had a lot of scriptures. But in John 17, 17, it says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. The word of God is a source of truth. It is the source of self-diagnosis, spiritual checkup. It says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, the, heart, the, the, the word of God maintains us in right standing. It protects us against doing things that we don't want to do. But we have to be in the word of God. And 
I recommend that you try to have a plan to be in the Word of God daily, in the presence of God daily. We have the Bible, once, one, what's it called? The Bible in a year here, so get going with that if you don't have a Bible reading plan. Or, but it doesn't matter what, what Bible reading plan you do. Be in His presence and be in His Word. It says, and then uh, the Word of God is, is the source of freedom from error. This is very important. You are in error, it says in, in Matthew twenty two twenty nine, because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God. And if there's deception, I mean, look around us and look even in, in Christian circles. There's so much deception. But if we go back to the Word, we'll, be, we'll experience freedom from error because the Word of God keeps us in line. One of the things that, that my wife and I have been talking that we... we um, you know, we went, uh, since probably about the beginning of this year or, 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 or at the end of last year, it's been in our hearts to go back to basics. Like, if we're going to make a decision, I'm going to look for the end. What did Jesus do in the Bible? Like, or, or, or what, what did he say? Or how did he deal with that problem? So now what we've been doing is anything that, that comes up, that's our first default. You know, sometimes you can get carried away. Sometimes you're, you're, doing, you're going about your day. But we made a kind of... Uh, commitment to to see what would Jesus do in that situation maybe the bracelets will come back but uh, for us I'll sell them but uh, but that's one of the things that we said and, and I think it's so important that we always go see the example of Jesus he's the greatest example uh, how to deal with situations so how to how to connect with the father we have everything in the word of God and it's a, it's the source of spiritual food it says in in um, in Matthew 4.4, 4, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And it's our source. It's our spiritual food. And we have to desire it. We have to want it. And I, I have a pastor friend in Arizona that super hard worker. He had a roofing company, had young kids, and did a Bible study and planted a church. And one time I was with him and I was talking and I said, man, like your schedule is so full how do you do it to, to, to connect with the Lord? And he told me, I have to carve time off my schedule. Because that's the season he was in. And he wasn't going to let his business uh, take him away from his devotional experience, his presence, or reading the word. And then uh, it is the source of purity, of holiness. Can I, it says in, in Psalm 119.9, it says, can a young man... How can a young man, person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. Or how can anybody, it's for all of us. If we live according to the word, we're going to honor God. We're going to please God. We're going to avoid a lot of mistakes in our life. Right? It is the source of guidance. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I mean, how many of you need direction? I mean, I, I'm going through some things at work that I need direction. I need to know. I need to hear from God. Seriously, I really need to hear from God, and I'm asking him, and, and I'm spending time with him, and I'm reading the word and asking him, Lord, help me to make the right decisions. And sometimes I, I, I use the wisdom that God has given me, and I make the right decision. And sometimes he, sometimes he tells me exactly where to go. So it's not like every single time he tells me, he, you know, gets a flashlight and says, go through here. No, sometimes with the wisdom acquired in the good God, with my heart being in the right place, I make a wise decision that, that comes to pass as a God decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and it, is, it is the source 
for answered prayer. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done by our Father. It will be done for you. So we, we um, it, this is so important. And I think that if you want your life to change, be in the flow. If you want your marriage to change, be in the flow. If you want your parenting skills to change, be in the flow. I think there's, there's nothing that, uh, that will defeat us if we are in the flow. And, and, you know, the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And what, what in the story of Nehemiah, what surprised me about Nehemiah, it says that he went to the city and didn't tell anybody who he was or nothing. And for three days at night, for three days at night, he would go out to survey the walls. And, and it was a picture about he could see at night more than people could see in the day. And it's a picture for us. That when we're in the flow, we could see things that other people can't see. We could see things spiritually. You know, it, 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 the Lord leads us and the Holy Spirit guides us in how to react and, how, and what to do. Because we can see spiritual things, right? And then uh, the, the third point is uh, the walls. You know, the, the temple... The word of God and the walls. And, and the walls were to protect the temple. If the temple is exposed, anybody can come and tear it down again, right? And uh, the walls were to protect. And uh, so Nehemiah goes and surveys the wall and then gathers the people. And then he develops a plan to rebuild them. But first, he had to identify the destruction. He had to identify where were the key areas where the wall was broken and there's areas that had a little bit of rocks there that, that they could rebuild. And, and he had to survey the whole, the whole all, of the, all of the city, the walls. But he had to identify whether, so, where the destruction was so that he can come and rebuild it. And that's the third thing, the third point for all of us here is where, how about your walls, I wanna say? How are your walls around your life? How, how are the walls of your personal devotion? How are the walls of your marriage? How are the walls of your parenting? How are the walls of your friendships, of your relationships? I think, uh, you know, we need to identify if there's any broken area and we need to come to the Lord and ask Him, Lord, I want to rebuild them. I want you to help me to rebuild these walls because God wants to do it in our, uh, for us. And, you know, life is uh, full of surprises, right? And we, we, we're not alone. We're not alone in this together. First of all, God is with us. We have the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the power of God. You have a body here in the church that wants to pray with you and, and, and be with you and do life with you. But there is, there is things that we first have to identify in order to grow in intimacy with Christ. And I want to say, how is your time with the presence of God? How is your time in the Word of God? And do you want to repair those walls around your life? And I want everybody to stand. And, and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray. I want all of us to close our eyes and just enter his presence just for a few minutes. And I'm going to lead you guys in a little bit of prayer, a little prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. 
Thank you that you love us so much, Lord. Thank you for rescuing us. Thank you for, for our salvation, Lord. And we're in awe of your goodness, Lord. You are so good to us, Lord. We've seen miracle, miracles in our lives, Lord. And we've seen that we are not the same people that we were when we met you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank you because we have flourished, Lord. We thank you because we can love greater, Lord. We can love you better, Lord. We can love our families better, Lord. We can love our children better, Lord. We can love people better, Lord. You said in your word that they will know us by our love, Lord. And tonight, Lord, we want to be in right standing, Lord. We want to be those people that you, that you choose, Lord, to accomplish your mission, Lord. And we surrender all. We give it all to you, Lord. We give you our hearts. We give you our minds, Lord. We give you our possessions, Lord. We give you everything, Lord. There's no closed room in our hearts, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that use us, Lord. Lord, we're called, we're, we are your ambassadors, Lord. We are your people, Lord. We pray, Father, that we will walk out of this place, Lord, with a new understanding, Lord, of, of how good you are, of our, of our communion together, of the relationship of a father and a son, a father and a daughter. Lord, we pray that you use us just like you used all these people in the Bible. I know that I'm one of them. And I want to tell you, Lord, that here I am, Lord. I want you to use us, Lord. I want you to give, uh, have divine appointments when we go out, out to the marketplace in our communities. We pray for divine appointments. We pray, Lord, that you see us with our hands up and you say, go bless this person. And we say, yes, Lord. That's what we sound. That's the kind of life that we want, Lord. We want a life, Lord, a God life, an adventure with you, Father. And we know, Lord, that you have our back. We know that you protect us. We know that you protect our families. Lord, we know that we are set apart for you, Lord. And we love you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. Thank you that you who began a good work in us, Lord, will be faithful to complete it, Lord. Thank you that you don't expect perfection, but you expect a heart after you, Lord. And tonight, all of us are here, Lord, and, and we say, that's the heart. That's our heart right there, Lord. Tonight, we say we want to pursue you and you alone, Lord. We want to be impressed by you. We want to honor you. We want you to be the, the captain of our life, Lord. Lord, I want to be able to be an example to my wife in my devotion, Lord. I want to lead my wife and my family well. Just like everyone here today, Lord. Husbands want to lead their wives. We want to lead our families well, Lord. Lord, we thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Lord, Lord, there's a world of darkness and we are the light, Lord. And we want to represent you the right way, Father. We want you to lead us and guide us. And here we say, Lord, tonight, here we are. We raise our hands, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.